So we are in part four of I Do. And this is the premise for the whole series. The question that we have asked is, is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever? To say their I do's and they do. See, there's something in us that wants that one somebody special that we can do life with, that we can enjoy life with, that we can have a soulmate and have a level of intimacy that goes beyond anything else. That there's something in us that makes us think that we can find it and that it could possibly last forever. And so about 10 years ago, I heard a, an amazing uh, series from Andy Stanley that just revolutionized the way that I saw love and being in love. And so what we're doing during this series is I just want to share some of those things uh, and some of the parts that have changed my life. And so we have said that part of making that love a reality is making love a verb, right? And we talked about how to make love a verb by, by uh, using forgiveness. Bruce did a great job at that. And then we talked about learning to love like Christ loved us and that perhaps you know you might have sat here and thought yeah yeah I've heard that or I've tried that or maybe you sat and thought well you know what I appreciate what you're saying Micah but it's really not that simple and to be honest you're right it's not simple now it would be simple it would be as simple as I'm going to put you first and you're going to put me first and as long as we're putting each other first you know we'll be in love and passionate and giggle like 16 year olds you know our whole life you know what that would be possible if we came into the relationship with a heart that was very full and a heart that was very healthy if two people came into a relationship and there had been nothing but awesomeness, amazing relationships in your past. Your dad was at every game and your mom was every recital. They held hands and giggled and poured into you. And, you know, maybe there were a few bumps along the way, but you know what? You loved mom and dad and mom and dad loved you and they loved each other and they were best friends and always, and then your best friends always poured into you and never abused you and never took advantage of you and never mistreated you. And life was just full of joy and acceptance and affirmation. If you had come into the relationship and your heart was just so full and your spouse's full was just so full of good things from the past that all you would have to do is just put each other first. You know what? You could stay in love. But the issue is that couples don't normally come to a relationships with that kind of past. In fact, we call it baggage, right? We've all been dinged up a little bit. You know, your dad didn't come to all your games. In fact, maybe he didn't even come home sometimes. Maybe your mom had her issues too. She was trying to overcome something from her past. And maybe she was still trying to put all that together and, and it spilled out on you. And or maybe sometimes there were drugs, alcohol, abuse, money issues. And you had that, maybe you had that older brother and he got all the attention and you, maybe you were the golden child, but they ignored you because you had to take care of your little sister, you know, and, or, or something like that. And, you know, we can sit here and go on and on and have a pity party about all of our stories. But the point is that we come into romantic relationships and our heart is not always in great shape when we get there. And in fact, there is stuff in us as a result of previous relationships and experiences and we bring that stuff into the relationship. Now, 
I want to try to illustrate exactly what that might look like. And, and in order to do that, I have two friends here. Now, this is Mr. and Mrs. Mug right here. All right. Hey, Mr. Mug. Hey, Mr. Mug. Hello. And so Mr. and Mrs. Mug, they met right after college. All right. And like many people, he saw her and she saw him and it's, oh, he has a degree and a future. And, and he looked at her and well, like, well, well, I mean, look at her. She's a knockout, right? And so um, they started dating. And when they first started dating, they were so careful because he's trying to win her heart and she's trying to win his affection. And so, you know, maybe they had a few little problems along the way, maybe a couple bumps, but they were just so careful. And then they got married. And about a month into their marriage, they had a problem. They had a bump and stuff came out. And he looked at her and said, whoa, where did all that come from? And she looked at him and she said, well, I didn't know you had anger issues. And he said, well, I didn't have anger issues until you bumped me. And oh, there it is again. And then they had another problem. And then she went to go see her sister. I didn't know he was like that. And then he went to go see... Well, we don't really know where guys go, but you know, I, he looked in the mirror, perhaps, I don't know. And he sat around thinking, wow, she makes me so mad. She makes me so mad. Whenever she br brings it up, I just get mad. And if she would just quit bumping me that way, I wouldn't be so mad. I mean, that's my wife, but she, man, she's got issues. And so, like, when we were dating, I didn't see all this. Where did all this come from? And then she says, well, every time we get into an argument, you make me act that way. Now, it's been entertaining so far, even though you haven't learned anything. <laughs> but now, here's what I want you to see. Is that Mr. Mug thinks that the reason why the blue beads come out of him is because they keep having conflicts and she keeps bumping him. And Mrs. Mug thinks that the pink beads keep coming out of her because you know what, they keep having problem and he keeps bumping her. But here's the truth. The reason blue beads come out of Mr. Mug is because that's what's in there. And the reason the pink beads come out of, are you writing this down? This is deep. <laughs> The reason that the pink beads come out of her is because that's what's in there. And so all of us have stuff in us. And you don't know what's in you until you get bumped. And most of us don't get a real hard gut-wrenching bump until we get into a romantic relationship. See, there's something about romance in the permanence of commitment together. There's something about that that brings out the best, but it also brings out the worst. And most people don't really know what's going on in there until they get into a relationship. And then it's like, bang, oh my goodness, what in the world was all of that? And this is why that people that make the ultimate commitment to each other end up madder at each other than anyone else on the planet. Hmm. So here's the question. So what do we do? 
And the answer is pretty simple, but it's something that most of us don't do. And that is that we have to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. And here's how Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, said it. We're going to look at one verse. And so Jesus reiterates this same thing in Matthew 15. And he says pretty much the same thing. He just kind of gives an illustration as well. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at this verse in Proverbs 4 and verse 23. And the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest guy in the world, right? Said a lot of smart stuff. But here's what he says. He says, above all else, which means what I'm about to tell you is important. I mean, it's more important than anything I've ever said before, which is a mouthful coming from Solomon. And if you have read the book of Proverbs, it talks about money and relationship and kings and working and work ethic and all kinds of stuff. But he says, out of all of this, above all else, the one thing that I would say, if you're going to get, just get one thing, here's what I would say. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Which means pay attention to what's going on on the inside. See, the heart in that culture represented the seat of emotions. This is where the emotions come from. And the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, he says, I want you to guard, which means keep the bad guys out. It means protect what's valuable. I want you to guard your heart. I want you to pay attention to what's on the inside. Protect and defend your heart. Now, let me tell you what we're really good at. We're really good at monitoring the other person's behavior instead of guarding our heart. We're not very good at guarding our heart, you know. If you ask me, you know, so what does it look like to guard your heart? You know, we'd probably get a ton of different answers. But if I was to say, if, if I was to say, what does it look like to monitor your partner or your spouse's behavior? I will say, now I know how to monitor behavior. And so that's what we do. And we're really good at looking at what they do and what they don't do, what they say, don't say, pointing things out that are wrong. We're great at monitoring behavior, but we're horrible at monitoring our own heart. What's going on in my heart? Now, both are really important, but let me tell you how they're connected. Let me see if we can unpack this just a little bit. In your relationship with the person that you love the most, you want to feel a certain way. All of us do. You want to feel loved, you want to feel pretty, you want to feel confident, respected, cherished, valued, and your husband or your wife or your fiance, their words and their actions elicit certain feelings in you. And when you try to get them to stop doing something or start doing something, Oftentimes, although we don't make the connection, we don't like the way that those words or actions make us feel. So we want them to do and say things that make us feel a certain way so we monitor their behavior. Because after all, see, we were drawn into this relationship primarily because of emotion. We fell in love. We love the way that they made us feel. We love the security that they offered. We love the sense of, hey, you know, who's, that's, that, who's, who are you with? And we loved all that stuff. We were drawn in because of the emotion that this person created for us. And it is normal for us to want to keep that emotion alive. 
So we monitor their behavior, trying to get them to do or stop do, to do or to not say certain things because we love the way that those things can make us feel or we don't like the way that those things make us feel. See, what we want is that emotion, that adrenaline, that passion, that sense of I am who I think I am because of them. And we love all that stuff. And to be honest, that's normal. But see, this is why that these relationships are so difficult is that we come to depend in a huge, huge way on our spouse or on our partner to create those feelings for us. I'm depending on you to make me feel confident. I'm depending on you to make me feel valued and cherished and lovable to make me feel all these things. And all that goes on behind the scenes in any love relationship. And, it, and, and so the thing is, is if we all came in with, all the, with only good stuff on the inside of us, it would probably work out all right. But that's not the case. Because we come into the relationship with all kinds of stuff on the inside. And so all that stuff eventually makes its way to the outside. And when stuff comes out of us that we don't like, our tendency is to blame the person who brought it out of us, right? But it was in us to begin with. And so here's the part that I think that your experience will bear witness to. The point is simply this. Your ability to feel certain things is determined by the condition of your heart. Your ability to feel on an ongoing basis the things that you want to feel are in some ways impacted by the condition of your heart. Maybe you've come out of a home or you've just never ever felt appreciated or, or loved. You know what? It's going to be harder for you to feel and to sustain a level of appreciation or love with your husband or with your wife. And no matter what they do, they may always be a sense of, well, it's just never enough. It's never enough. They never measure up. And our ability to feel certain thing is a reflection not only of your spouse's behavior, which we're good at pointing out, but also the condition of your heart. We don't like that. And so that means that our ability to stay in love, our ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your heart as it does of the behavior of your partner or your spouse. That no matter who you're with, that your ability to maintain a sense of, wow, you fill me up, or wow, you make me feel, you know what? Your ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your heart as it does with their behavior. And both are vitally important to the relationship, okay? but we naturally monitor their behavior. We do not nat naturally monitor our own hearts. So when the blue beads come out and we don't like what comes out of us, well, if you just quit saying or doing that, then these beads wouldn't come out. But the truth is you brought some of that with you into the relationship, right? And without understanding what we're talking about today, no amount of commitment, can compensate for this dynamic within a relationship. You may stay together. You may, you know, you may just decide that we're not ever, ever going to get divorced and we're going to stick together and, and you, may, you may tough it out. 
or you may or you may bail you may say just this isn't working and I'm leaving you know I hate the way that she makes me feel but see their behavior is part of it but the condition of your heart is part of it as well in addition to how they behave so uh, Mr. Mug has got some explaining to do so let's look at let's go back to Proverbs and let's listen to the last part of that verse it says above all else guard your health health or I'm sorry guard your heart for everything you do everything that you do during the course of the day everything that you do uh, in your life flows from it that means that when you're in a relationship with another person your relationship is the overflow of your heart hmm See, Jesus said the exact same thing. He said all kinds of things come out in, in, our, in our, of our mouth, but it all comes from our heart. And we're defiled by what comes in our heart and not simply by what we do. But everything you do is the overflow of your heart. And so if your heart is not in the right shape, it's going to be almost impossible to maintain healthy relationships. So here's the bottom line. What is in you is going to come out of you regardless of who is with you. See, what's in you is going to eventually going to come out of you regardless of who is with you. You can interchange the pieces and you can interchange the names and the faces, but eventually what's in you is going to come out. And so this is why it's very important for those of us that want to stay in love to pay attention to and to learn to guard and monitor our hearts okay so let me tell you how this goes there's kind of two parts to it all right so you've heard it said before that think before you speak right well here's what I want for you to see the first part is to stop and and start realizing what you feel before you speak what you feel not listen guys I know how this works for us right we say I'm just frustrated what are you feeling frustrated what else well I'm just frustrated well I'm not angry and then sometimes we say no I am angry and so but I'm just mostly frustrated and then sometimes angry and it's like man is that our only two options here pretty much yep angry or frustrated that's where I live you know what you know I've got all the happy emotions I can I can tell you all those but what are your negative emotions frustrated and sometimes angry and that's as deep as we go and so guys I want to work with us a little bit this is this is a little bit easier for ladies and we say it's because they are more emotionally intuitive it's not because they're more emotional okay in fact guys I would argue that we are sometimes so emotional and we're so scared of our emotions sometimes that we just say well I'm just frustrated I don't want to look any farther it's just frustrated uh, you know and just leave me alone I need a moment so here's what I want to do. I want to increase our vocabulary a little bit today. Here are some other emotions that you may have. Here are some other emotions. And this is my point in this exercise. Is, and this is very important, so lean in. The goal is to identify exactly what we are feeling. You don't necessarily have to share it. But it's a journey into our heart. And you say, Micah, is this really healthy? to be doing that yes it's part of learning to your heart and learning to guard it and so here are maybe a few things that you might have felt before and I'm telling you that there is extraordinary power in what I'm getting ready to share with you but the first thing is to name your emotion 
and name exactly what you're feeling. And so you and your spouse, you have this huge conflict and here comes the volcano. And so now there's a pause. And then we think, what exactly did she make me feel? What exactly am I feeling? What specific emotion has surfaced in me? And so here's a bunch of them. Uh, anger, because we all know that one. Left out. I, th I think I just felt left out. Embarrassed. Well, you know, what? I'm mad, but you know what? Why am I mad? You know, what is it? You know what? I think I was, I think you embarrassed me. I think I just felt embarrassed, uh, unappreciated. Uh, lady, you got so mad at him. And sometimes you just say, well, I'm just so mad. Uh, he frustrates me. Yeah, but what's behind that? Ah, oh, I think I just didn't feel appreciated in that moment. Uh, ugly, unlovable. When you, uh, when you say that, it just made me feel unlovable. I felt like I was a failure. And when you start talking about uh, my brother-in-law and all the trips that, that they get to take and all the things that they're able to do, you know, you know, and I know you're just proud of your brother, but, you know, every time that you start bragging on him and, you know, I just find myself getting angry. And so I know that you think I don't like him and stuff but it's, and that kind of thing, but it's just when he shows up, there's something that has come up on the inside of me. And so what is that? Well, maybe I think I felt like a failure when he comes around and you brag on him. I feel like I haven't accomplished what I wanted to. See, you need to surface that and be able to name it for yourself. I felt old. I felt stupid. Um, I felt abandoned. You know, I just felt abandoned. I felt like you abandoned me. Scared. I hate to admit it, but I, I thought I was just frustrated. But the truth is that I think I felt scared. I felt out of control. I felt betrayed, picked on. Um, now, here's one is, I, I think what it is, is that when we get into these arguments, I feel like you picked on me. Or to be honest, I might have felt jealous. Now, with jealousy is a, is a whole different thing. It's really hard to see in the mirror. Jealousy is hard for us to admit. I think I was jealous. I think when your brother came around and he's all buff and successful and, and making it rain and all that stuff, you know, I just, I've come to realize that, you know what? I know I've been critical of him and all that stuff, but I don't think it's that. I think it's just, I felt jealous. Hmm. There's disrespected. You see, this is guarding your heart. This is paying attention. When I guard something, I pay attention to what I felt. And I'm just not going to say I'm mad and, and just go off. You know, I don't want to have another argument. But this has come up, and while it's up, I would like to identify it. And I want to name it. I finally figured it out. I felt insecure. I finally figured it out. I finally named it. And so here's what I want you to do when you've identified it. Is I want you to say it out loud. Just to yourself. I felt jealous. That's what I felt. I felt like a failure. That's, that's what it is. Now, what you don't want to say is that I am jealous or I am a failure. See, if you go back to, into the password series, you'll understand that you can speak about your past, 
but you will declare your present and your future. So you do not want to sew yourself in to those negative emotions by continually declaring and confessing that, all right? But you do need to state and identify our feelings that we have had and what has gone on in our heart. And that is very important distinction there, okay? But what for you to just realize that maybe you have felt like a failure. Okay, well, see, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're beginning to discover and pinpoint, pinpoint what has already... Listen, emotions that are like this, that stay buried, and, and all you say is, I'm frustrated and I'm mad, as long as they're a secret... All of those, as long as those emotions are a secret, they are incredibly powerful. They were powerful in your life. They will drive you and you don't even know what's, why did I say that? Why did I do that? They'll push you into a funk and then you can't talk to anybody and then, and then you clam up and then depression comes on and then they'll drive you to say things that you never wish, that you wish you had never said. They are powerful. But when you begin to unearth them and you begin to name them and say what it is or what it was, they begin to lose their power in your life. And I'll tell you what else happens too, is that when you begin to name them and you begin to look and you realize, you know what? The reason my wife talks about her brother, it's not because that she's trying to make me feel bad. She just loves her brother. I think this is maybe a Micah bead. I think this is a me bead. This is something I brought into this marriage. This has nothing to do with her. And so you could say, well, you know what? Well, I just felt this anger and frustration and every time this comes up, but you know what? I think I need to own this one. I think I may even owe somebody an apology. So, and just ask yourself, why is it that his success makes me feel like a failure? You know what? It's really not her fault. And this is what we'll discover that oftentimes much of what you feel is stuff that we brought into the relationship and it has absolutely nothing to do with the other person their words or their action all they did was surface something that was already in here and I'm telling you that there is huge freedom when you begin to discern between what they said and what you feel it's powerful but as long as it's a secret it will run your life and potentially drive a deeper and deeper wedge between you and the person that you have committed to love for the rest of your life. So you've got to name it. It was jealousy. You got to say it out loud. I was jealous. I felt lonely. I felt uh, left out, whatever it is. And so here's the thing though. It's hard for us to say it out loud. And part of that is because you know it's going to lose its power when you say it. And one of the reasons that some of us don't want to say it out loud is because we lose our excuse because I kind of want to stay mad. You kind of deserve for me to be mad at you. I, want to, I deserve to stay upset. You know, and so we use that, our anger, and sometimes even our pouting sometimes to control behavior, right? And so we know we lose our excuses if we do that. And then the next thing that you do is you name it, you say it out loud, and then sometimes, when it's appropriate, you tell your partner. And this is how this conversation goes. Mr. Mug says to Mrs. Mug, I've discovered 
that whenever you say those things that you say to me, whenever you find out that I'm going to be homework at, late from work, I, I just and you say something to me, and I, I just would say I feel unappreciated when you say that. And I'm just telling you, listen, when you say what you say, I'm just telling you what I feel. I've, I feel unappreciated. Like you don't care that I'm trying to work hard and provide for the family. I just feel that way. And listen, there are no bad feelings. They're just feelings. They come and go. Did you know that Jesus felt abandoned? He cried out on the cross. He felt abandoned. And so feelings are not bad. They, they have a negative side to them, but the feelings in themselves, there's no sin to feelings. Jesus felt all kinds of negative things. He felt abandoned by his father, betrayed by his friends. He cried at one point because he was so disappointed in the people that were around him. And so you say those and then here's the thing that you do after that. And so this is, this is the hard part, okay? So you say, I felt abandoned, whatever it is. And then here's the second part. You ready? This is what you do. That's really hard. Is you're just quiet, right? You're just quiet. That's the hard part for us all. You don't say anything else. I, so this person then says this, I am so glad that you told me. So Mrs. Mug says, I, I appreciate you digging through those emotions and figuring out what it is and I appreciate you telling me. And this is what, then, then this is what the next move is for her. It, let's all practice. You're doing very well. You're looking at me like, you're doing well right now. But in the middle of that is hard sometimes, right? You know, thank you for figuring it out. And I'm so glad that you've been willing to share with me. And I'm so glad that you told me not, well, you shouldn't feel that way. <laughs> well, here's another one. I'm sorry you feel that way. No, it's thank you for telling me. I'm so glad that you told me. Because listen, Healthy people, and this is, this is a mirror for you, okay? This is not rocket science. Healthy people, when they discover that something that they do or say brings on negative emotions or pain in their partner, creates and causes hurt and services pain, healthy people, when they discover that, stop it. They don't say, well, you'll just have to deal with it or you just need to grow up or you should be more mature. They quit doing it. They stop. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I want you to start paying attention to your heart. See, that's how you stay in love. I know you're going to pay attention to his or her behavior. We got that. But I want to challenge you this week to start paying attention to your heart and asking this question. What exactly... What exactly am I feeling? And then I want you to say it out loud, just to yourself. And I want you to look at what you said out loud. And I want you to look at what they did to possibly cause that. And then when you do that, you might say, you know what? I think maybe this isn't a marriage problem. 
Maybe this isn't a relationship problem. I think maybe this is a heart problem. God, help me overcome what's inside of me. Because listen, your ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your heart as it does the behavior of your partner. Your ability to be able to stay in love with anybody has as much to do with the condition of your heart as the behavior of your partner. And so what Solomon says is exactly right. Above everything else, guard your heart. Everything that you do, everything that you do flows from your heart. And what's in you is going to come out. And so in order to stay in love, we need to pay attention to what is in us. So here's the challenge. Is that you start paying attention to the stuff that's inside of you. This starts getting up when he says, when she says, when he does or she does, when they do or they don't. When, when you, I want you to pay attention. Would you pay attention? And would you think before you act or say something? And by God's grace, would you say, God, I want to know exactly what it is. And I'm going to name it so that I can control it. And when it's appropriate, I'm going to share it with the person that I love the most, how they made me feel. And so because they love you, because you love them, and hopefully they would say, I'm so glad that you told me because I never, ever want to make you feel that way again. Guard your heart. It's one of the keys to staying in love.